You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, Bills fans? It's your boy, Jay Spencer King, and I am joined tonight by Big O, Jerry Ostrowski. He's joining me tonight, and we got a special guest joining us soon. Uh, Joe Miller is doing church things and family things and all those fun <laughs> things that he does because he's multi-talented, so he will miss us tonight, and we will miss him, but I got a really good substitution for him, the man Big O himself. What's going on, Jerry? I'm doing good, man. How you doing, Spence? I can't complain. It's, uh, it's a good week. It's Miami week, so I'm excited. How do you feeling about before we? I know we're going to talk about it, but <laughs> right, just right. on a surface level, how do you feel about Miami Week? Well, personally, I'm kind of excited that some of the hatred's coming back. I mean, I, there for a while, that 17 years, man, it was like it was a little bit dull. I don't think that bite was there like it used to be back in the in the 90s when we had the rivals robberies that we had with the Dolphins. But man, it's it's back now in full force, especially after we lose to them this earlier this year. So. I'm looking forward rough. to it. Oh, it's t- crazy rough. But hey, man, I know you were there. I-, I still can't believe. Tell me, the heat was that bad, Jerry? It was. <laughs> look, man, it was bad. It was. It was to the point where. Um, so we got water, and then you know how some stadiums now they you got the spots you can refill it and everything like that. Like when I say I drank so much water, but it just <laughs> wasn't enough. And when we got right. out to the stadium, like. I remember Sarah, dude, as soon as we got to the stadium, Sarah's like, you want to go to the gas station and get something to drink? We saw LaShawn and we saw like everybody was just right. like trying to rehydrate. And, you know, and we were just sitting in the stands and yelling. I could not imagine being one of the players, especially one of the big guys, the offensive line. Um, it was like the whole offensive line basically uh, was gone. We were down to like third stringers on the offensive line that day. It was really that bad. And uh, looking over on the comments over in the chat, John Fina joins us. And 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 the thing is, and John will tell you, we used to have we used to have Rusty Jones, and Rusty was like shoving stuff down our throats like two weeks before we got anywhere near the border of Florida. I just I, I I'm still just amazed that we we had that much issue in the heat, but hey, it happened. But now we got them up in the uh, up in the snow and in the cold. That's what's always good about playing. Playing Miami early down there, you know, you got them on the comeback. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, now since we've had Josh, I'm used to beating him twice, so it was <laughs> it was disappointing because right. it's like we're supposed to beat these dudes. But, ladies and gentlemen, before we go further, we're gonna get into this conversation. We got a lot of fun conversation tonight. I want to join, or I want to congratulate myself for being able to talk to this dude first of all because he's a legend. <laughs> That's what I want to do first. Ain't he's talking a legend. To me. <laughs> well, no. I've I've done that multiple times. Now. I've I've congratulated right. myself for you. But now we got Hall of Fame, soon to be Hall of Famer, <clears throat> Buffalo Bills legend, offensive lineman, Mr. Ruben Brown joining us tonight. What is going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jerry? Oh, What's up, Rube? Oh, good, big fella. How you feeling, man? I'm doing good. I'm feeling really good that I'm gonna somebody asked me this. Ruben on Twitter today, somebody asked me, does Ruben still throw them parties? Well, as a matter of fact, he does, and he's throwing one Saturday night. 
Damn right. We're going to throw a damn good party on Saturday, as I always do. But uh, it's going to be special this week because I'm going to get to see you, Jerry. It's been some time since I, I got to hang out with you, man. But we'll, we're going to make a, make some time for it. Yeah, and I'm bringing, uh, I'm bringing the boys with me, man. You'll get to see Jackson and all my two boys you met when you came through on your motorcycle tour. That yeah. was years back now. That was like about 10 years, it seems like. It, I know. Hasn't that flown by, man? Oh, exactly. Dude. Uh, man, I love the listen, reunion. Guys, I'm, uh, Spence, thanks for having us on, man. I mean, Jerry and I could probably take up your whole show just me <laughs> and him reminiscing, but we're going to let right. you do your thing. <laughs> no, no, listen. We, I, as long as at first I want to talk about your party and I want to talk right. about the Hall of Fame, but you and you and Jerry could take it. And I see Fina's in the comments saying he's jealous. John, if you want to jump in, I'll send you the link. Jump in. Let's make this thing a party. But but no, Ooh. just tell us a little bit about your party Saturday and then uh, we'll talk Hall of Fame. And you and Jerry, man, reminisce all day. I love this. Like that just made my moment. That made my whole day. <laughs> all right, cool, man. Well, this all came about because it's a collaboration with the uh, Mafia House and Mafia House has been doing some awesome stuff. Uh, I also uh, collab with the guys on some podcasts for Believe Network and also the um, fan base for the Bills Mafia. We put up some podcasts there. So we decided to combine a lot of this stuff and do a recording over at the uh, Mafia House before the game. And also bring out some of the sponsors and people that are helping us bring this to you and put it on online and stuff. We're going to have some of our sponsors come out and represent their products and things like that. Just really have fun. Bring out DJ, some music. Um, We're going to have a band. We're going to have food. Um, We're going to have, you know, giveaways and all of that type of stuff you come to expect at a tailgate party. So, I mean, and it is Buffalo. It don't matter about the cold. and don't mean nothing in Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> we got that covered. Uh, and uh, it's just really a fun way for me to, you know, be a part of, like, the Bills Mafia world and life right now. You know, they kind of, you know, it's cool to kind of just sit back and, and talk football and, and not have to go play. You know, Jay? We, <laughs> exactly. we can talk now. When you talk a little bit about it, no got to worry about the repercussions of going out and getting getting our yeah. ass beat out in the all over the place on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or Tom Bresnahan giving us hell about the plays we messed up on. <laughs> yeah, we it's it's funny. I ran into Mike Devlin during pro day last year, so we talked about the old days with uh, with Bresnahan, and also got into he's real good friends with Carl Mock as well. So yeah. we talked about Carl also. So. No, I mean, there's only so many minutes in a day, and I look forward to seeing you this weekend, man. It's been a long time, and I'm, hell, man, I'm proud of you. I'm ready for you to, uh, I'm ready for you to go to Canton, man. I need a reason to go visit Ohio, dude. We got to get this done. <laughs> Listen, I, I be, uh, I'm touched, Jerry. You know, just to have people say my name and stuff. I'm more proud of playing alongside you and the rest of the crew and what we did and what we fought through and all the obstacles and crap that we we had. I'm getting choked up right now because, <laughs> you know, that group, we bonded, man. We came uh, a, a family and, you know, we won as many games as we could <laughs> get yep. the opportunity, you know. Yep. We gave it our best. And a lot of guys don't realize, you know, we may not have won a Super Bowl or anything, but that group of guys put in a lot of work. I know Jerry. I know how much hard work you put in. I know how how hard <clears throat> Rusty Jones was riding you, myself. <laughs> I mean, any of the big guys, man. We live with Rusty. Hey, right? I, I I appreciate the fact I am Polish, Rube. Uh, <laughs> I I I was not the easiest person to deal with. I get it. Okay, I get it. But no, Rusty did. And, uh, you know, Rusty helped me out quite a bit. Probably at the beginning, the number one reason it got me back and, you know, got me in the league and got me that chance is working with him. But, yeah, I mean, I, I changed my Twitter uh, banner. Uh, I saw a picture on, on, the, uh, on the Internet of, the old, of John, you, uh, Kent Hole, me, and Glenn Parker, that original five yeah. when you showed up, when you showed up from uh, your, your rookie season. Um, 
you know, it's funny. We talk about it, and 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 Spence, it's it's funny when you have guys come in and there's there's levels of player. Okay, John will tell you, Fina will tell you. I hate the people that say, "Man, he sucks. He shouldn't be there. He's terrible." He's in the NFL. Okay, he's pretty good at what he does. Maybe he's not as good as the other guy, but he's pretty good at what he does. Right? We're talking about the top, you know, two thousand players in the world, and it, it's funny when you're when you're playing and you're grinding, and I'm trying to make it. And you're sitting there and you're watching the draft and the 13th pick comes up and it says, with the 13th pick, the Buffalo Bills select Ruben Brown, guard, Pittsburgh. You're like, man, I'm going to reinvent myself pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need to find something to do, right? Because it's just the way it is. You know, when you see see talent, you see greatness. And, you know, Ruben from day one was a starter, uh, an amazing player. And it was awesome for me to get to play with him and John and the rest of them. But uh, lots and lots of fun, and you know, through war, you bond differently than you do in yeah. other situations, Damn. and it's it's just that way. I tell you right now, I learned so much from Jerry and uh, and the rest of the game. One of the one of the first things I remember, like we, I think it was just like we was just in in t shirts or something, like first dates and after signing, and we had to go out to the field. And we, the only thing that we could do, we couldn't actually practice against each other. We had to hit the machine, like hit drive this <laughs> yep. machine. And mm-hmm. this memory is so vivid in my head. I was so used to doing what I did in college right. that I came out and I was doing the exact same thing. And after I dumped the machine and I'm walking back, Jerry goes to me and like, you know you don't have to do that here. <laughs> I was really like over exaggerating my steps and stuff like that. And Jerry's like, "No, you you don't yeah. need to do that." And I'm like, "All right." I started just listening to the older guys and what right. they were saying to me, how to practice, where to go, how the tempo. Uh, one of the most famous ones was uh, Glenn Parker, and Glenn would always say, "Don't be a turd, stick with the herd." I said, That's- that's the motto. <laughs> Don't be yep. a turd. Stick with the herd. Yeah. Well, that was that was well, O line. That's definitely O line. Now, yep. well, listen. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let. I'm really. I'm. I'm just gonna sit back like I have been, and I'm gonna just kind of let y'all have a, a good time here. I do yeah. want to ask one question though. Like, there's always when I get moments like this, I need to know a story from both of you. Like, so a game situation or or just something. I know you gave us one about when you first got drafted. I got um, one. But, but yeah, give me one where it's like you as a unit, you know, you were in the trenches together and and it's just like it's something that sticks out. And it's a, it's a uh-huh. Jerry, you could go ahead and start. Yeah. So the, the and it's appropriate for the week because we're playing the Dolphins. We're playing the Dolphins at, at Ralph Wilson Stadium. Yeah. And they had two dudes that played inside. One was Daryl Gardner and one was Tim Bowens. <laughs> and it was like an all day thing. Like there was nothing, nothing that you could. I mean, they were just immense men like Tim Bowens. Mm-hmm. They called him. They they called him what seven forty seven, yeah. And he was like three sixty five, and 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 Gardner was three forty five, and Daryl liked to talk, right? Yeah. So I'm playing right side, Ruben's playing left side, and I'm just chirping Daryl this whole time, right? And I can see Ruben, he's getting pissed, and he's got this look on his face because Ruben's laid back. Okay, Ruben is the most laid back person I've ever met. Like Ruben is Ruben, man. That's what he does. He's laid back, but I can tell he's getting pissed. Yeah. And I'm chirping Daryl Gardner. I'm saying everything I can to insult him. And I'm this, that, and the other. Well, he's always lining up on the left side most of the time. I'm over on the right side away from him. And finally get in the huddle, and I get this freaking guy grabs me from the back, like, you know, a horse collar type deal. And I jerk back, and I look, and it's Ruben. He goes, listen here, you mo- Shut the hell up. <laughs> he starts, he goes, you ain't the playing against him, I am, right? And he just cussed me out in the huddle. And I was like, okay, Rube, I, I, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> so I just stopped talking. But, yeah, it was. Jerry was, was, was going off on this guy. I mean, Jerry was giving him, like, the. Uh, I'll give you an example. Most of the time when O-linemen play D-linemen, the D-linemen are the ones talking a lot of trash, you know. But then going into that game, we were pretty hyped up. You know, we we were ready for it. And, and plus, like Jerry said, those two big dudes was, man, you had to get ready to go play those two big jokers. And Jerry's philosophy that week, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, was he was going to go in and talk trash to him. Well, Rube, I think he called me a fat ass. You know that I'm sensitive. So when he called me a fat ass, I got sensitive. 
I said, hold up, man. I said, wait a minute. That big joke is coming over here, and he's pissed, and he's letting it out on me. No more of that. We ain't right. saying jack. We ain't right. saying jack. We just going to play. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24/7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah. And um it was it was awesome, man, because, you know, those guys brought out the best in us. We had to dig deep to actually, you know, play those guys. And they were epic battles, I would say. And, you know, some of the best D linemen that were in the NFL at the time, you know. Yep. Uh, Zach, man. Zach, Zach Thomas is going to go to the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. And a big did. part of him going to the Hall of Fame is yeah. because of those two in the middle. Oh, and hands down, hands down. A lot of guys get overlooked for that, for the award. I mean, um, you know, I could block Jason all day. Yes. I would be happy to block, block Jason. I know he was difficult, pass rush moves. But Tim and Daryl, <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. I Do you know... After my first season, they did. When did they change the turf on the field, Jerry? On our field? Yeah. Or down in Miami on our field? Uh, uh-uh, in in a Buffalo. Yeah, it was probably your second or third season they switched it. Oh man, they got that- rid of the painted numbers and they went to the inlaid color. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you. How hard was that surface at first when you played a full game on that surface that? It was, Saw two people get hurt on it. Damien, yeah, Damien it got hurt on it, and uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, Jim Jim uh, pulled a hamstring one time in practice on it. I totally, I remember that. Yeah. Now, this I I wanted to ask you a question. So, the last time the Bills played Miami, right? Right. You watched the game. Mm-hmm. The guys were dropping like flies. Yes. Right. <laughs> and all I could think about, I said, Rusty Jones is yes. having. Fit right now. Yes, he's totally yes. having a fit. And you were you feeling what I was feeling like? They need Rusty right now. There's something wrong with that team to be down there in Miami. That never happened to us. I'm still talking about it. I said something about it earlier to in the show before you got on. We'd have been Rusty have been shoving Gator lights and uh, and uh, pretzels down our throat, but two yeah. weeks before the game. And I don't know, you know, I don't really know what happened that week, yeah. but. I've never ever in my life seen a game with heat that affected a team, especially a Bills team. Yeah. Like that game. It just seemed it just doesn't seem right. No, it didn't. It it really threw me off. And I was like, wait a minute, man. We're supposed to be like Super Bowl run caliber team and we can't go down. I mean, we're gonna play in Arizona. Right. You know, come, come the uh winner. So you're gonna have to change the climate. <clears throat> coming from Buffalo to go out to Arizona to play. So that's going to be really tough. But, Jerry, I mean, I'm I'm torn with the Buffalo Bills running attack. I'm torn. Okay. Because to me it seems like the only running game they got is Josh. Okay. I I agree with I agree with some think, of that. I, are you now, I'm going to say this. 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 Yeah, their combined tailbacks have over a thousand yards for the season. Right. Okay. Taking Josh out of it, which, as Fina likes to say all the time, you can't take Josh out of it. Right. But I'm doing that right now. <laughs> and then the other thing is this: is that they, you know, I don't know what they want to be. Like, 
when they when they try to be when they try yeah, to be yeah. a zone team, when they try mm. to be a zone team, they're not built to be a zone team. Mm. When they go to a gap scheme where they run fold concepts and things of that nature, they they tend to get after it. So they just need to decide what they want to be. And right now they're a they're a pin and pool, they're a yeah. G scheme, they're a counter scheme type team. And um, you know, but I'm sorry, you're gonna have to run the big fella. Yeah, he's good. He's really good at it. Yeah, you got to. I agree with you, man. I think, like, I'm really happy with the progress of the offensive line overall. You know, they battled and and put things together. I mean, it's got to be tough for those guys for the amount of pass plays that they have to pass protect. You know, because I actually think their skill set is a lot more on the aggressive um, go-at guys um, build because you could just see on the edges, for example, like with Quisenberry and and Brown, if you get too many up and ends or, you know, get them tilted one way and then change directions, they're not the best at that. But they are the best at getting on guys. They right. get on guys. They're gonna stay right. on. They're gonna they're right. gonna battle whoever they're on. But they the number of pass plays that they gotta pass, bro. I'd be like, holy hell! Hey, Spence, <laughs> I'm, I'm Spence. We're sorry that you left your own show and you just now came back. Is there well, anything you like okay. that? now, see, Spence is a big. He's now you. That's why I popped back in. He heard run game and he popped back in because this yeah. is a big. This is one of his top three discussion points. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add to that, Spence? Well, I mean, I, obviously, I can't debate, you know, the two of you about this no, stuff. You can't. But I, no, you can't. Well, no. We are fans. Well, yeah. with all respect, I'm just, I, you know, it's for me, I look at it as where, A, yes, right, Josh is part of the run game, and he's probably, not probably, he's the best running back we have on the roster. <clears throat> but the thing is, uh, he's, Ruben, you just made mention of the amount of pass plays and, like, the blocking that these guys have to do. And yeah. it's like, he's he's more valuable to us in that sense of the game like we need him for that if yeah. josh allen goes out for any injury for any reason yeah. i mean i know we have one of the better backups in the league but do we have one of the better backups in the league that can come in and and do what nick folk you know like what happened in uh philadelphia a few years back yeah. where he still won a super bowl i don't think we have that so for me i, I want to get to the point where we have a running game that works yeah last few weeks it's been doing it yeah. So I'm not complaining, but I want I don't want to run Josh as much unless he has to. Um, but I really didn't want to add anything to it. I did want to throw this up because um, <laughs> Big O it brought is, it up. So if, for those listening to this by podcast form, I'm showing the graphic now of the the starting lineup or the starting um, offensive line mm-hmm. when when Ruben Brown was a rookie. So it's John Fina. Ruben Brown, Kent Hull, Jerry Ostrowski, and Glenn Parker. And I mean, this is <laughs> wow. Man. Look at that bunch, a bunch of mugshot. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. And and Rube, I I don't know, Spence, Rube. One thing I'll say about this picture, and I think Rube would would jump in and, and co-sign. You know, we had back then we had Ken Hull, and yeah. you know, Ken Hull was in value. It was yeah. You can't put a value on what. First of all, Ruben is between two of the most football smart people in the world. Uh. Okay, and John's just smart in general. Yeah. But you put those two beside you, Rube is like in the cradle, okay? The yeah. cradle of football intelligence. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and it's not that Rube's not is not intelligent. It's just that when you're a rookie, you're swimming. You don't know. Yeah. And you got Kent and John on each side of you protecting you along the way. Mm-hmm. And then Glenn was also that way. Glenn was a huge student of the game, highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. I had to, you know, play between him and Kent. But who on this roster, Rube, do you look at and do you say – you know who who is their Kent Hole type type of of person on this roster? I mean, we were blessed with with to have Kent. You know, mm-hmm. we were blessed to have a tremendous amount of veterans that were mm-hmm. were solid guys that had been in the battle and knew it was up. You know, with the with the salary cap and the way things are, I don't know. I mean, did they? We lose guys like Kent Hole now because of that. Yeah. Is there a guy on this team that everybody goes to and looks at as that? is that leader of the team. And I'm not just talking the quarterback spot because it was that way when we played. Everybody looked at Jim. But still there was like that savvy vet that everybody turned to. Who's that guy on this roster? I don't know, man. But you talking about Kent and and what, man, what that guy did for me. And like you said, the blessing to be in between him and John. We could talk about all of that. 
but Kent was special. Yep. And I don't know that the Bills are gonna ever have a center like Kent Hall ever again. I doubt it. I doubt Damn it. sure wasn't me. <laughs> I mean, you were good, Jay. Come on, man. We we nah, got the work, man. We, we did some damage. And hey. and I also love when you played over there on the right. And what we didn't we have Billy at center? And yeah, no, we had we had uh, Dusty Z. Dusty was center. Dusty was the perfect center. Oh man, I'm telling you, we had so good. We had. We had enough to do what we needed to do. It, right. We had some issues with coaching, <laughs> coaching issues. But um, I was going to say something about Kent Hall and the fact that that guy, I, I'm telling you, the thing that blew me away was how much control and say Kent had in the overall game of the office, the office period. And I'm going to tell you, um, what I learned when I get we I forget what game we were in somewhere and Kent was mild mannered, pretty quiet, didn't say much, but he had all the calls and everything up front taken care of. And Jim, you know, gets up to the line and gets his hand underneath Kent and start yelling out all different plays and get ready to call play. And Kent with his big southern self just leaned back, his hand on the ball, put put his hand on his hip. Turn around and look at uh, Jim. Is like you can't run that play. And now I'm in the, I'm a rookie, and yeah, I hear this is true. Like, my this center is true. just told yeah. the Jim Kelly, the, the Hall of Fame. He wasn't there, but he was going. Like the count wasn't right. Kent's the man, because yeah. <laughs> Kent is telling Jim. Yep. What Jim can run and what helping Jim make the decision for no Jim, we can't run that. Oh yeah, let's go here or or whatever. And I was it was blowing my mind that the center was as and the quarterback was taken and like yes okay listening wow. to what the center said. So Jerry and I were blessed to be with guys that had knowledge. Not only our coaching staff. Um, with Bresnahan had an unbelievable knowledge about the offense, but our center Kent Hall. And is there a guy on the current roster like that? No, nah, it's no Kent Hall. But I like the the fight that this group of guys have, and I think that's a Dion Dawkins thing that they they carry. Right. Dion. And Saffos has come in there and kind of solidified that for Dion. Dion's the longest tenured guy on the roster, right? Right. And in, on the line, so they're obviously going to look to him. He's outgoing. Uh, I would say Dion probably had a little bit more playful <laughs> um, personality uh, as a leader, but definitely I see him as the guy that everybody kind of galvanizes around. But I wouldn't take anything from the interior guys and them being uh, like leaders. I mean, I, look at all the stuff our our poor centers went through <laughs> this season. It's mm -hmm. been a rough year for them, right. you know. And right. all of those guys in the middle have had to be substituted, come in, fill in roles, and and that's huge. That's huge. So. Uh, we got onto this by Jerry saying, is there a guy like Kent? Mm, nah, <laughs> it'll never be another Kent. Nope. But um, th those guys that, as a group, a Kent would be proud of those guys because mm -hmm. they definitely Buffalo Bills fighting group of, of linemen. They they right. definitely as a group, I'm proud of them, you know. Definitely. So when you when you watch the game, um, you know, so when you're looking at Dion, what is it about Dion? Because obviously, as a fan, it's like, yeah, this dude is super athletic as a lineman. He's very quick, and he's, you know, but but when you watch him, what is it that jumps off the screen for you? That's like, okay, no, this guy is he's he's a player. Like he's one of the guys. He reminds me. He, Dion reminds me a lot of this guy. He reminds me okay. a lot of Ruben, and Ruben had the same ability that. That that a guy like and I'll take him back a generation. Randall McDaniel had yeah. just naturally powerful physical players, yeah. but Rube was so athletic. Rube had the ability to get out of some of the worst situations 
and come out and end up putting the guy on his back or making a huge play. He his recovery, like he was like, you know, they talk about the airbender, right? Like the last airbender, like Rube was like the original airbender. Like that dude could get out of positions and he was so powerful naturally. Like he didn't need a weight room to be big and strong. Like Rube is just born that way. And that's kind of reminds me of Dion. Dion has that ability to he gets his body in some funky positions and he's able to get out of it and have huge success because he's so big, powerful, and athletic. Uh, very similar to my man, Rube. I've never seen anybody or played with anybody like Ruben to have that ability. And it's it's just something you get from God, man. It's just a blessing. Well, Jerry, that, you're very generous, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, uh, I am thankful for my, my skills, but I will have to say that you know, down in Pittsburgh, they put me through the ringer. I'm telling Buddy. you. I practiced against Sean Gilbert, Keith Hamilton, Ricardo McDonald, a lot of good good players. Uh, so I had to work on those. We, it was kind of weird that I was working on pro-style things in college. So right. when I made it to the pros, you know, Pitt's right there next to the Steelers. So, you know, we're getting a lot of influence and stuff. So, but but to Dion, I, Jerry, I do see that. A bit. I when I when I watch him, I do think that he's a guy that Dion's got that athletic ability that can be. You know, he may start out off a little behind, but he can finish. He'll he'll get himself into the finishing position. You yep. know, and uh, he's a rugged guy. So I, I mean, I have I I can see that, and I definitely compare him to that. Uh, there's a couple other linemen that I think about when I think about him, but they're all pretty athletic guys that can run, you know, right. and it's not rare that a big guy can get out and run and get in space and things right. like that, you know. Well, and the other thing, the other thing that he does is he has a cornerbacks mentality that if he does make a mistake, he's like you said, he's so easy going and fun. He don't, he doesn't dwell on it. He's not where he's on to the next play. Because this weekend he should have been real frustrated because a, yeah. a couple of his holding calls were garbage. Garbage. Um, but they called him, and you know he just has the ability to forget about it and keep playing. So no, he's uh, he's he's a damn good player, man. Can can I say this on this show? And I've been I'm on a mission to go around and tell everyone, all the fans, when you see a holding call, any of those penalties. It's subjective. All, right? <laughs> yeah, um, all of us got education. We know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> it's called, in other words, if you go to church, it's called the beauty. Uh, no, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Coming from a man, coming from a man that was pretty, pretty good at it his first. <laughs> Two to three years in the league. He was pretty prolific. He was, oh, man. He was an expert. I clamped on to everything, Jerry. And J <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to tell you. Anything, Brian, I used to run into Bryant Young. And Bryant Young used to hate seeing me. Bryant Young come up to me and go. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knew. He would tell the yep. other guys we when uh, we would be um, playing against other teams and we do the All Star thing. Brian would go to the other D lineman like, "Look, if you get near him, he is going to grab you. So stay away." You know, and that was my uh, honestly, Brian was one of the few people that realized that about me. The NFL is so fast; these guys are so good. I'm like, man, if I could get one hand on you, I'm going to use that one hand to get two. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm going to get, if I can get two, two is better than one. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, if, if, if you better stay at a distance where these right here don't go like that. It, yeah, it, but you got to have, <laughs> but a lot of that too is having some having pride when you play and knowing that yeah. the worst damn thing that can happen is yeah. that 12 can get hit. Yeah. Especially with his back turned to the guy coming. Yeah. So I would rather drag this dude down and take Thank the ridicule you, and everything before I let him get hit because that is my number one job. 
and damn it, I want to do it the best of my ability. So, you know, say what you will. Um, that was that was that was a large part of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. real real quick, I have a question here in the comments from I at a moment. Uh, they want to know about Saffold. So moving forward, because his contract is up, he you know he came over on a, on a short deal. Uh, do we stock up? with a draft pick this year coming up, or do we bring him back next year? How do you think that this guy is playing uh, this season? Do you think he, I, I mean, I like him. Do you think he deserves to come back another year? Or would you prefer uh, we try to get younger on the offensive line? Okay. I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to hit the draft early, probably for some linemen. Um, I think also too, people don't realize and Ruben brought it up earlier. It's not just our center and our eternal and our, and our middle of the, of the line guys, our guards that are dealing with some injuries. Spencer Brown's playing hurt. He's still playing hurt. You know, he had the back surgery, and you can tell that he's not quite right. Quisenberry came out and played with a high ankle sprain and gutted it out. Again, it's a really, really gutty group, but they do need to find some depth, especially after they dealt Cody Ford and sent him to Arizona, a player that I actually like quite a bit. Yeah, Saw him play at Oklahoma. Saw him play in Oklahoma at OU under Bill Bedenboe. He just never meshed real well in Buffalo. I wish he did. But they're going to have to get some depth and get some, uh, you know, do they go out and get a day one possible starter? I don't know. I don't know if you do that with with uh, drafting where they'll probably draft, but they do need to upgrade a little bit and get a little younger. Yeah, they definitely will. As far as Sappho, that's going to be, you know, an upstairs decision on whether he's going to. Listen, with the Buffalo Bills have built right here, this is this long term. This ain't rebuilding in no sense of the word. You got Josh Allen on your team. It's all steam ahead and to the championship. Uh, so there's no time to rebuild. If if the overall, I think Sappho has won a spot to deservingly to come back for next year. I agree with that. Um, but I know it's no brainer. That they def- definitely that's going to be the position they load up on. How early or, or what is, I don't know, um, based on whatever the the talent pool is they're choosing from. But just know that they're going to load up on linemen, interior linemen especially, um, because you see what situation we are in today. Right. And if we get some good young linemen in here. Uh, and develop in the next two years, I mean, we not only could possibly win one Super Bowl, we could win multiple Super Bowls with a, a offensive line. And and that's really how you do it. You build a, a good offensive line and keep them together, the party's <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, the party's on. Because that you get an old offensive line, it can do it all, man. An old group of guys can do it all. I got to ask Rube. you guys this, and Rube, I, I don't know. If you had a follow-up, Spence, go ahead. But I have a question for both of y'all. And I kind of said something to Spence. I, I kind of said something to Spence about this uh, the other day. We kind of talked about it. I, I'm a I'm a firm believer that Josh Allen has been trying to get Cole Beasley back for weeks now. Mm-hmm. Okay? And with this transaction happening, okay, and obviously even today – if you if you went on the Twitter the Twitterverse and some of these things, there was some there was some back and forth and some people that weren't happy about it, some people that were static about it, all of this and you know and even and even you know Cole Beasley comes back and and he comes back on his own knowing he get, he takes some heat. With with this signing, are we at the level now where Josh Allen is being seen in the power structure to be? in the kind of maybe even level with the general manager and the head coach and that now we're starting, he he's, he's a big enough, he's a big enough star. He's big enough in the franchise. He can start calling his shots like LeBron and starting to bring in the players that he wants and kind of build the team around him. Is this a sign that that has happened? For sure. For sure. When you, cause, because uh, you know, you, you look at it early on and they're like, we're going to put all the talent around Josh that we feel will make him a better player. So initially, yeah, you bring in a, a John Brown, you bring in Beasley and you bring in these guys. Then when, when things start to go differently, they draft different players and they let go or let, let certain guys walk. And then now it's like, okay, you let Cole walk for whatever, like, obviously there were several different reasons that people want to bring up. But the thing is, Josh wants him back. So he's like, no, mm-hmm. man, go get me got my guy. I want my guy back. So Josh had the power to do that because Brandon Bean, I, I heard or read the article today where it said that he reached out prior to Thanksgiving and they've kind right. of been in touch. But 
you know, at the same time, it's like if if Josh wouldn't have put any type of pressure on this, he wouldn't be back here right no. now. It's a hundred. This is a hundred percent of Josh. Yeah, this is all Josh. Yeah. So no, especially I'm when at, Beasley supposedly Beasley and and Bean had beef, right? I mean, yeah. they talk about all the beef they had throughout the COVID season mm-hmm. and the things that Be- Bean had to do because of Beasley. I can't see that being a very friendly relationship. No, it ain't. It ain't. And and Beasley need to go in and kiss. Josh's butt for getting him <laughs> off the sofa, or else Beasley would have still been on the sofa. Right. It's factually. He won't, wasn't no one else out there in the NFL going to call Cole up and tell him to come and do some put in work for them. Now, the, the Patriots weren't, you name it, nobody wasn't. And his buddy Josh and the guy that's most comfortable with him and uh, brought him back and, you know, uh, being them are going to have to eat one or two here and there, you know, yep. because they gave him, he, Josh is our guy. So, you know, I know in the past, you know, being around Jim, Jim sometimes gave the nod like, Hey, I need, need some help in this position. And I like this guy and the team's like, maybe looking elsewhere and like, well, you know, we got to get our guy comfortable. You know, yeah. so and rightfully so, make Josh comfortable, right? And that's you what know? it comes down to. I did the code of conduct yesterday with Mike Golick Jr. and one of one of the analogies that he gave, I thought it fit perfectly. Um, you know, yeah, you can try to find a guy. I think Khalil Shakir is going to be good. I think he's going to be good for a while. Right. But the thing is, um, he he gave the analogy like, yeah, you get somebody new, it's like going to college and meeting new friends that you have to get comfortable with. You get your lingo. He said, what Josh Allen and Cole Beasley essentially are is like going back to high school and you're telling the same jokes you don't have to make up jokes you still got your handshakes you still got you know and and it's just the you're familiar and that comfortable you can't replace that man and and whether cole has lost a half a step or whatever i guarantee he's still gonna be more effective the way that josh needs somebody in that space than what we have right now so no i i love the move i did want to follow real quick though you guys mentioned um cody ford and I'm a big Cody Ford fan. I, I know he it didn't work out in Buffalo. I'm out here in Phoenix. He's in Arizona right now. And I think he's – I like the fit. But mm-hmm. in Buffalo, my question for you, um, and I feel like I heard you address this previously on a podcast uh, maybe a year or so ago. But is it diff- – because my issue with the Buffalo Bills handling – of Cody Ford is that they basically played musical chairs with his positions. He came in as a right tackle, then he played right guard, then he went to left guard, then he went back to right guard. And I don't think he really had the ability or the chance to settle in at a position and really, you know, solidify his spot on his roster. How difficult is it, A, to go from the right side to the left side or to go from guard to tackle? and Like just to go from position to position on the line. Uh, coming from you, the future Hall of Famer, what what would you say – um, is that easy? I would tell you Jerry knows it best <laughs> and way better no, than I do. No, you know it from going it's from not Chicago easy. to Chicago. It's yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. It is not easy. Not at all. Moving from one side to the next, learn the plays, the different angles. The angles change from different side to side. You know, you got a different foot back, a different hand down, you know, everything changed, you know. Um and if you play one side like I did for a long time, your body automatically starts becoming almost lopsided. You know, like I literally, I'm a, I'm the left guard. So I'm always leaning to my right. <laughs> like everything I did, I went to Chicago, I get in my right guard stance and I'm looking like a, le- a left guard in the right guard's position. That don't work. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And I had to go back to the left because my body just got it. Now, Jerry, I, I applaud Jerry because Jerry is one of, like he, Jerry said earlier, there is only so many football players playing in the National Football League at a certain time. And if you think about it generationally, there's only a certain group, you know, and within that group, it gets narrowed down to people that can do different things, multiple things. You, there's a reason why you don't see guys being receivers and DBs or, you know, this and that and the other. 
you know, you, you really got to learn one thing in this scheme because everyone is so good. But if you have a special ability, which Jerry had, you know, and I might, people say, hey, you, you got the football um, nominee, but really I nominate guys like Jerry more than myself because I only played one position. I did it well. I'm proud of it. But I do have a little, I would say, I envy in me to a guy that got to play more than one spot. You know, Jerry was our center, <laughs> right guard, left guard before two. You played left yes. guard before I got there, and yes. some sometimes maybe I think in preseason, but definitely right tackle. And right. did you ever give snaps at left tackle? No, I could never get Fina out of there, man. That dude wasn't <laughs> yeah, going nowhere. And I'll well, be honest with you, I didn't want it, I didn't want it anyway. But remember <laughs> what I said earlier, right? Yeah. Remember what I said earlier when we first started the show, Spence. I had to reinvent myself when Rube showed up, right? And that was part of the right. deal. I ended up being the guy that could play multiple spots and kind of be that swing man. And it was easy for me because my scheme in college, we didn't play right side and left side. We played quick side and strong side. Mm -hmm. So by the formation, we flip-flopped. So sometimes it was on the right, sometimes it was on the left, depending on formation. So I was used to going right side, left side. And then I had a little bit of an extensive period on the practice squad. And, you know, if you're on the practice squad a little bit, I kind of was – I had the seniority of the freaking practice squad. So I'd get mm -hmm. bored and be like, hey, man, I'm going to snap today or I'm going to play right guard. Or, you know, um, they'd come over to me and say, hey, the, the right tackle is a real big dude. Go play right tackle. We want you to, you know, mess with Mar uh, with Marcellus this week and beat up on him a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I would do that, and that's just kind of how it all worked out. So so because of that, because of the, your college playing time and also that right. you had the ability to kind of get different type of practice right. than most guys get. Mm -hmm. I did want to bring up while we were talking about – and then we can move on. Um, we got a, about 10 minutes left. So um, John Fina texted me when we were talking about Cody Ford, and he said that they moved Cody because they he could not claim any position. They gave him every chance to <laughs> fail slash succeed. I kind of disagree with him, but I said I would say this on the show to see what you said. Because I don't think it's fair to draft a guy as a right tackle and then move him to right guard and then move him to left guard. You know, so I, I feel like um, they didn't give him a chance to really solidify one position because they had him playing multiple. Uh, can we get your perspective on that? And this is a direct question or statement from John Fina. Well, my opinion is whenever you draft a guy, like if a guy's drafted, you know, you got to put him in a spot, let him find a home, get comfortable, and be able to play and show you why he's an athlete. You know, now, if you didn't draft him or you brought him in for depth or whatever like that, that's a great opportunity to see if you got a guy that can move around. Mm -hmm. And, then, and if you find a guy that can move around, that's an asset to you because you know you need a guy that can move around from position to position. But my personal philosophy is if you bring – because of the workload and the, what you have to learn and the learning curve, I really feel if you're expecting this kid to get on and feel and start in his first or second year, you got to lock him into a spot – let them ride it, figure out the game, the system, the speed, and all of that, and then maybe decide later if you want to move them to another position. I think that works best. That's just my opinion. Young players have to have confidence. you got yeah. to put them in a position to have confidence. Rube had confidence that he was going to be the left guard and, and, and we were going to do everything we had to do to make sure he was successful, and he worked at it at a high level, and he was. Um, you know, you got to give young players confidence. They got to trust what they're doing. And if you're moving dudes all over the place and then next thing you know, he becomes a scapegoat and that confidence goes away. And once that goes, you're shot. So mm -hmm. it's that, that's the biggest thing for young players is confidence. So would, would you both say um, Cody got that chance? No. I don't think he did. No, he did. I don't think he did. He didn't get a chance to succeed, I would say. You yeah. Know. 
Okay, yeah. we got a couple super chats. First one, <laughs> but my man Dan Freddie is ready for Saturday, man. Ruben, it's gonna be a party. He said yeah. shots. Saturday's gonna be a day. He held off 40, 45 minutes today. I can't wait. It's gonna be a great time. There are heaters. I know there are heaters. It's gonna be yeah. warm in some area over there. So yeah. I will be able. Oh to man, let me show, let me get show you. I know I've been posting this, but I went and picked these up. All right. Well, he's while Ruben's. <laughs> I know what he's getting. I know what he's getting. Go ahead. We got another super chat from the House TV said, if the Bills make it to the Super Bowl, should they wear the 90s uniform? That would be an emotional moment. Is that a rug? That is yeah. so fire. That is that fire. That is so fire. Yo. Yeah. yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So, Jerry, you're going to love this. So, D Jerry remembers my little uh, buddy that I used to have that worked for Def Jam Records. Uh, Jeff. You remember Jeff? Jeff is part of this? Yes. Oh so, my gosh. So okay. Jeff's friend, um, a former rapper with the Lords of Brooklyn. Yes. All right. So the two brothers decided were graffiti artists, also along with being rappers. And they live in Brooklyn and they started a company. They got a pizza shop, barbershop, but they do a lot of Brooklyn, you know, right. graffiti stuff. And he came up with this rug burners and he does them for everybody. He, he made these, he's got, he's made them for Ice tea, Buster Rhymes. Um, right now he's working on one with Everlast uh, in, in Everlast house. He's actually, a couple of his rugs are gonna be in Sotheby's for auction. Sotheby's auction house is huge. So, this is really a, a, a honor to be a part of this. And, and he heard me on the podcast and he said, Hey man, you want, you want some, I'll give you some support if you promote my rugs and stuff. And I'm, I'm a big fan to him and his brother and, yeah. and everything. So these rugs are cool. We're going to auction it off on Saturday. We, I, I have two of them. I'm going to auction them off. Come out, check us out, get a chance to win one. But if you don't win one, Yes, how do you get them? And, yeah. and order you one. Hey, this is handmade. These guys make them by hand. This ain't no, no sweatshop factory. Actually, <laughs> you could go to Brooklyn and watch them make it if you want. Do you do now, you have what's the name of the company? Know? Yeah, yeah, rugburners.com. Okay, rugburners.com on Instagram. Go to rugburners.com, rugburners Instagram page. You'll find it. So listen, cool. I don't have luck like that. So I'm gonna just go ahead and order one. I'm not even. I'm gonna try to win it, <laughs> but I already know me. But I did want to. Um, I didn't want to skip over this super chat. How CV? Look, I love the look that you guys had when you were on the field. I know, and I know to you, it's probably not a big conversation. It probably don't matter. But the look of the '90s, the red helmet. I missed the red end zone. All of that stuff. If the Bills make it to the Super Bowl, I think they should. They should dibble and dabble in that '90s look. How y'all feel about that? I, I I like the 90s look. I think the red helmet should come back at some point, but I'm going to tell you something. That white on white yeah. on white on white <laughs> is about oh, the no. dopest thing yeah. in football, no, man. You don't understand. That dude yeah. is – that is just yeah. fire. You don't understand. <laughs> we, the O-line, when they put us in the all-white, we hated it. <laughs> Jerry, we would all be like, oh, God, we got to see the film of us in all white. I mean, Eric, all of us look like doughboys. Yeah, you know but what I mean? that's awful. We, brown, we look slim. The, the receivers and the running backs are the only one that look good. The rest, right. rest of us have our guts hanging over. Stuff, they so. put me in that. Hey, they put me in that red color rush. I'll be looking like Kool Aid coming around the corner. I know. Look, what we, what we, look, we, our color was all blue, dark black, yeah. <laughs> something yep. like that. You put us in the light colors. It's not a good sight. We don't like that sight. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I wish I they would. Bring, I really do like, like the red helmets. Jerry, I remember us laughing about the damn white uniforms so much. We'd be so well, no, we and we'd wear them in Miami, then. Yes, and, and and they had the dirt infield still, and you'd be fat and sweaty, uh, and then all that dirt was on you. The baseball field, how horrible was that? Who else had one of those? San Diego, San Diego, oh, and San Diego had one, and then Oakland yeah, had I one hated too. That. Raiders had one too, but I never played that. 
Yeah, we played San Diego when when then when did we play out there when Flutie twice. went twice. We played twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we played yeah. Candlestick too. They had yep. the same doggone thing. I hated it. I, I, what we're referring to <laughs> is that the the stadiums used to be joined with yeah, baseball stadiums. Yeah. So uh-huh. part of the field is football. Then the next thing you know, you running on baseball dirt. But, but that's you know, what I laugh at is everybody's like. Man, they, people need to make a stand about these fields. These fields are terrible. I'm like, it's like Augusta National <laughs> Golf Course nowadays yeah, yeah, compared nice. to what it was. Yeah. I mean, so you don't think trash. the turf is a, you don't think the turf is as big of a deal as as what the fans do? You were in the stands, watch Kyler blow his knee on grass, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you were there the other night. I mean, yeah, that's, me, that's pallet grass. To me, it's going to be. I think it's. I personally think. That as far as ligament injuries and stuff, I think it's it ends up being all the same. Where I think the turf hurts is the head injuries, yeah. especially the recoil. Like the, the guys get tackled, they don't yeah. have their arm to hold them up, they hit the helmet off the turf. I think that's where that's really, really bad. But as far as ligament type injuries and stuff, I think if they did the huge studies, which they have recently, and then I think the NFL released one recently that said there's no difference. No difference. Okay. Well, look, we're about to get on out of here. I know Jerry has, listen, if y'all still hungry for some content, the big O still got three man rush coming up with Sarah Larson directly following this show. So Jerry, uh, why don't you let everybody know what they can expect real quick. And then we'll let Ruben uh, plug his party one more time. And then we didn't get to talk about the hall of fame, uh, like just how it feels to be going through it, but we go, I'm going to make sure I'm gonna hype you this whole time because you're gonna get that dog on Hall of Fame, man. I Spence, have you. him on, have him on by himself so you can actually talk to him to where I'm not hijacking things. But as far as the Hall of Fame goes, there's nobody more deserving than Reuben Brown. And it was my honor to be able to play with him for all those years. And um, you know, I took a lot of pride in it. Reuben taught me a lot of stuff. Um, the one love moniker is uh one of those things. And uh I will say this, Reuben and I are the last person I always contacted with and uh, kind of hyped up. We hyped each other up before we walked off the field before a game with Rube, and I, I always appreciated that. But, no, tonight we're going to talk about Mike Leach. We're going to remember Mike Leach. Obviously, uh, he passed away this week. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Army-Navy game, the Heisman reaction off the Heisman Trophy. Uh, bowl games are starting. Uh, that whole madness is starting up. And then we'll get into a little bit of Bill's talk at the end. I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about Cole Beasley coming back to Buffalo. So three-man rush. Buffalo Rumblings Network, so it'll be on here in a moment uh, on YouTube. All right. Thank you, big old man. I appreciate you. I'll be, I'll be tuning in. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. Rube, love you, man. All See right, you guys. in a couple of days. Listen, all Late. day Saturday, all day, every day. That's where we're going to be. We're going to be at Mafia House. Check out all the posts coming up. I love my man, Jerry O. We have, that's my brother. I can you tell, man. I, mean? I love that. I that's love my that. family right there. You know what I mean? You, you don't y'all say nothing bad about my boy right there. That's my man. Um, well, so um, I talked to Mookie, and he said that I guess the, the show is going to be at like around 3 o'clock. Yeah, we're going to record the show around 3. Okay, so look, everybody, if y'all want to be part of the podcast, y'all want to be part of the show, come out, meet Ruben Brown. Come out, hang with everybody. Let's take some shots. Let's spend yeah. some money and try to win this rug. Let's just have a good time. Let's party. Come and Burn see us up. at the Mafia House at 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's going down. It's going to be a great party. And listen, uh, I'm, I'm going to shoot the shot right now because Jerry just threw it out there. If you want to if you want to come back on, I don't know what your plans are. Next Tuesday, uh, I do the Code of Conduct. I won't have another guest. It'll be you. Right. And then we could talk about the because we got the Bears next. And I know you had some time in Chicago. I'm, so I'm heading out to that game. So let's wrap. Okay, so next Tuesday, y'all yeah. can also tune into the Code of Conduct. I'm going to have my man Ruben Brown back on. We're going to talk some more about the Hall of Fame, and we're going to yeah. talk that Chicago game. So, hey, y'all know how we yeah. do it, man. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other. Live in peace. As always, stay positive. Test negative. Go Bills.
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze, And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.